0: This movie, yeah, about death. <laughs> <laughs> is it about death? Um, no, I think it's about motherhood, obviously. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of The Road, which I, I, I guess is maybe intentional. But I, I read that maybe six months after Ryan was born. That then you're like, oh man. Yeah, and no, it was really, uh, oh man, really heavy. <laughs> And I had some some flashbacks to that, watching Bird Box. I thought Bird Box is pretty good. I mean, not like, it's not going to be one of my favorite movies of the year, but I was surprised how good it was for Netflix. Yeah. Also, um, Sandra Bullock is still a babe, even though she's like 50 years old. Yeah, Jesse James, what were you thinking? You're a real piece of shit, Jesse James. He was thinking, boy, I love Nazi stuff. <laughs> Is he in the Nazi shit? I don't really know anything about Yeah, Jesse it was, James like, when, was... when they were breaking up, there were, like, pictures of oh, him. Oh, yeah, like, no, no, and, like, I remember that SS now. gear leaked and stuff. Yeah, is she in the Nazi shit? Maybe I need to rethink I my I don't think book. so. No, I don't think he... I'm, I'm not trying to apologize that. really come any. at me from the blind side. Well, I got <laughs> blindsided. I'm not trying to be a Jesse James apologist or anything. I don't think maybe he's really in the Nazi shit either. It was just like when Prince Harry... Dressed up as Hitler for Halloween as a gag. It's like not a very good gag, but you know. it might It's not. real hard to find the humor, but it's yeah. yeah, maybe. Oh no, Jesse James is kind of a cracker though, so who knows? I mean, your name's Jesse James. Mm-hmm. You're already, uh, like at the scale of 1 to 10, you're already about a 5 on the cracker scale. I mean, I think the royal family are crackers too. Well, honkies, I guess. These are inbred honkies. Yeah, because yeah, honkies are usually like the wealthy, sucky white people. Mm-hmm. Crackers out the porn ones. Honky. Yeah, honky. Uh, speaking of new movies, um, I've been catching up on the good stuff for 2018. Movies that are, you know, topping out on people's best of your list. Watched a few documentaries. I mentioned I watched the alt-right one. Um, uh, it wasn't really new information to me because I spent a lot of time trolling the alt-right subreddits and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't... Anybody that grew up on the internet, in the 90s, should be familiar enough with this kind of mentality. Yeah, because it's, it's existed the same for a long time. Because it's the same shit that you've seen online. Everybody just thought they were trolls, and they didn't actually mean it. Turns out, <laughs> some, some people, people really mean yeah, this Yeah, Some people really into it. Um, yeah, but, big takeaway, Richard Spencer looks like a fat bitch. <laughs> yeah. He's already been punched once. Do you really need to punch him again? I mean, he just, like, he, like, perfuses, you know, basically white superiority he's all about masculinity shit like that but like where's your fucking jawline at man you don't look very masculine (laughs) like i told you he doesn't know how to smoke a cigarette like he's not inhaling he just straight up little bitch man i don't like him he's trying to be all classy classical man like oh look at me just choke on my cigarette (laughs) real manly i guess like gary cooper I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, he tries to dress like he's from the 40s, like all those dumb bitches do. Like, oh, look at me. I'm wearing the fucking costume of the bourgeois from the 40s. Yeah, he does a little bit better because at least his suits are somewhat tailored. Well, yeah, because his daddy's rich. He's a hunky. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. He's like the king of the hunkies. I am the walrus. <laughs> um, also, I got to complain about First Man, the movie about Neil Armstrong. I have seen it. Uh, that's pretty cool. I probably cool. won't see it, actually. Uh, Damien Chazelle is a good mm-hmm. director. I like the way it's shot. Uh, Ryan Gosling, I always like him. I know everyone says he's like an emotionless robot, but I do like he's his is. acting style. Yeah, I mean, there's some movies I see him <laughs> in, like, he he's in, it doesn't work here. Well, he just kind of acts with his eyes like Elijah Wood, but he's not quite as expressive, so... I mean, Elijah Wood has, like, uh, some really big, beautiful eyes that mm-hmm. I don't get lost in, so that might be part of the problem. But, no, my complaint is, um, beginning of the movie neil armstrong's daughter dies and obviously it's a big emotional blow to him and that's kind of what the movie's about is his like he's becoming distant from his family he has like emotional trauma he hasn't dealt with blah 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 end of the movie he makes it to the moon he drops his daughter's bracelet into a crater on the moon and it's like this big like cacophonous explosion of sound and lights and you know it's like oh he did it he conquered his emotional turmoil and it's like Okay, so his daughter dies and how he's gonna fix it is just by the magical frontier exploration of space. How yeah. like that oh, just seems so empty and dumb. Yeah, I mean as yeah, someone has kids, I don't know that that's how I if I'm <clears> just dropping their bracelet into a crater on the moon then you feel like you No, know, it's better. the glory of exploration of space. Yeah, I don't get no. Yeah, no, I don't That's know. not the part you miss about your daughter, so I don't see how that fulfills feels fills the void. That's the thing is, um, space is really cool. I really like space exploration. It was a good movie, all that sort of shit, but, uh, everything of value is happening here on Earth in my life, you know? Yeah. Going to the moon is not going to help me get over my depression or any random shit like that, mm-hmm. you know what <laughs> I mean? Well, I made it to the moon, but, you know, everything else is still happening on Earth, so fuck the moon. Also, it was a hoax anyway. Stanley Kubrick filmed it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. That Stanley Kubrick would do a better job than the shots we saw from the moon. Mm-hmm. He just he, he he's a perfectionist and he needs to look as real as possible. That's definitely what Stanley Kubrick would do. <laughs> well, it was an old joke, right? That uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick was the one that filmed it, but he's such a perfectionist that he demanded he actually film yeah, on, <laughs> on location on the moon. So all right, get those men to the moon, invent <laughs> um, NASA, and get us to the moon before we actually talk about Blade Runner. I gotta mention sure one thing. Um, the kids, you, have you ever watched the cartoon Clarence on Cartoon Network? Was, yeah. I've right. seen it like when your kids come over. Yeah, okay. Because they watch it constantly. I've seen it every episode like 10 times at this point. Well, they just show it all the time on Cartoon Network. It's like on all the time, isn't it? No, it's, it's on Hulu. and they're just, oh. If they're over here, they're just watching it on Hulu. Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> I just assume like, it's always on Cartoon yeah, Network. I think Teen Titans is Cartoon Network. Teen Titans Go. Yeah. It's Teen Titans cartoon. Network, Teen Titans Go. <laughs> it's Teen Times Go Network. But it like takes place in the, it's, it's just a jump point, pop point, to see if you remember this, but um, it takes place in the 90s. Okay. Like, so there's some, um, so, and they don't always do a great job of uh, showing it, sometimes they have, like, real cell phones, mm. but it's very friendly in the 90s. Um, Where are their pagers? <laughs> <laughs> They're not drug dealers. Oh. Well, or doctors, which is the only they, people that have pagers even in the 90s. No, I remember regular people having pagers. I and mean, there was a pager code. But somewhere. they were like um, my friends who were the younger brothers of drug dealers. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting started, you know? Got to This is your baby's first drug on uh, pager. <laughs> yeah. um, not to talk down North Bay, but you know. You know what was going on at the time. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> but uh, do you remember like a, a, a well scare in the 90s? You might not be... Oh, people, yeah. People falling in wells all the time? Yeah, that little girl. Because yeah, there's an episode where they. Wasn't it? One of them was a it. hoax, though, right? Yeah, I think there's there's two where several of those hoaxes. Hoax. I feel like this happened wow. a bunch of times. Enough that like there's an episode of The Simpsons about it, and mm-hmm. where Sting is in it. Yeah. Bart gets stuck on the wall. And he makes a song about it. And you remember Mom like repeatedly tell us to be careful about open wells? Mm-hmm. So we're going to run into all these open wells in fucking yeah. North Bay. <laughs> yeah, in the North Bay area. Pretty urban. I mean, mean, we had a creek behind our house. Yeah, I mean the. Oh, which will come up again in this podcast. I mean, talk about some of the some of the sound work was interesting. The (laughs) creeks. We'll get to it. And there was that strawberry farm. I guess they could have had a well, but. Yeah. Or over by, you know, like um when uh you started going to Grange, the junior high school, Uh you'd have to go by like that train track area. That well, well, that's the, probably well over there. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty like run down and old, so maybe over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I just don't think that area of California is known for its wells, but it, it happened enough that mom was worried about it. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, Mom's got a little bit of that streak where it's like <coughs> made up shit on the news to scare people and she'll believe it for a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, but yeah, kids were getting lost in wells. Um, one of them, well, her name was uh, originally uh, Sadako, but Samara. And uh, <laughs> she's a spooky ghost now <laughs> in the documentary uh, The Ring. Ringu, depending on what region you saw it from. That's the most famous the little girl falling down the well, I think. Hmm. Uh, I just remember the second ring. Not Ringu, but ring. And uh, there were some deers that attacked the car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> the funniest part uh, uh, in that entire movie. I haven't watched it since we saw it in the theaters that one time. But I remember... So I had to be like 19 when we saw it, like old enough, 20 and something. But um, I remember completely not understanding the plot in any way. Room 2? Yeah, or not not that I wasn't understanding it, but like the What's plot the didn't point? make sense. Yeah, yeah, Like I mean, what was going on? Why was she back? Why? You know what I mean? It was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. That entire movie, <clears throat> that was the best part of the movie. That was the only part of the movie I enjoyed, It's the deers attacking me. It was only because it was fun. Um, shortly before Halloween, I watched uh, Sadako versus uh, The Grudge versus yeah, The Yeah, basically, Ring versus Grudge. It was pretty wild. It was um, fun for being like super dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I remember liking Freddy versus Jason. It was fun. Yeah, for the same, same reason. Good, yeah. Yeah. And being really excited for the potential of Freddy versus Jason vs. Ash. They made a TV show, didn't they? No, they just made an Evil Thread TV show. Oh, he didn't fight Freddy yeah. and Jason. I don't believe so. Oh. Maybe in the canceled fourth season. Well, I'm glad Bruce Campbell's still getting work based off of that one movie he did with Sam <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Alright, um, it's been mentioned, but we watched Blade Runner. We watched the shit out of it. We watched the final cut. I also watched the, the theatrical cut, too. Yeah, I, I tried to watch the theatrical cut. I think I fell asleep about 40 minutes into it. Well, this would be a good segue. Uh, the first time in my most vivid memory watching Blade Runner. You mm. remember this? We rented Road it Trip from the hotel yes. video store. Yeah. So it was, uh, we were, I don't remember where we were going from or home, going to, but it was like on the way home, I think. It was on the way back from Arizona, because, um... She, our sister lived out here, and she just had a baby Yeah, early. and we were going back to California, and <clears throat> stopped at, like, I don't know, something... It can't be that. It had to be before that, because it, it was, like, 91. No, I think I was, like, probably, like, 10-ish. Because I feel like we would have seen the director's cut at that point if we were in a video. No, because... It was the hotel. Yeah, that's true. My right? like video collection, and they, they did they didn't have the up to date version <laughs> of Blade Runner. They had the VHS that came out in like 1984. Yeah, but that, that's He's watching in a hotel room with you and dad, and then dad falling mm-hmm. asleep about 20 minutes into it. But I yeah. don't really have a memory of, of the first shot right after the opening crawl, uh, where it's Los Angeles 2019. Yeah, the fire shooting out of that, is that is. establishing shot. I have a really clear picture of that in my mind. Yeah, head. well, for me. Yeah, that shot, and also the sound, too, because it's just got that ominous, like, blah, blah, blah. you're like, oh, my God, this is the future. Uh, speaking of which, uh, it takes place in 2019, which is about a
1: Three days day away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, pretty accurate, too. Yeah, but we're going to have to start dressing a lot cooler in about a week. Oh, you're going to have to dress like uh, Malcolm Reynolds from uh, Firefly? Oh, yeah, I guess they did kind of copy his look, huh? Yeah. That's the one thing I, I, I don't know if I wrote it down, but when I was watching it the first time, I'm like... If you, um, if Josh Wayne made a sequel to Serenity and they showed some slum in Earth and it was just like a Blade Runner, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, it would be completely in place. It would make perfect sense for the universe that Josh Wayne has presented. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because, um, Ridley Scott has alluded to the fact that Blade Runner exists in the same universe as Aliens. Oh. Aliens Resurrection alludes to the fact that it exists in the same world as Firefly and Serenity. So, technically, these might be the same universe. Holy shit, yeah. Kyle. <clears throat> yeah, because Joss Whedon was the writer for yeah, Alien Resurrection. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he had not written Firefly's journey yet, have he? No, but, but he, had, he, he, had, he dropped had, some, like, Browncoat references. Companies stuff. and, like, you know, background stuff in Alien Resurrection that also exists in Firefly. Well, goddamn, Kyle. Yep, yeah, it's like Wayland Industries from Alien exists, or, like, um, exists in the background of Blade Runner or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Uh, years. I'll look into it again. I don't know, but that's interesting because I. Yeah. I, I mean, Deckard is is kind of wearing a brown coat, jacket, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like the I assume that old the, I assume that on. Joss just cribbed, uh cribbed Deckard style Lamal. Yeah, because it's a pretty dynamic look. Mm-hmm. Like everyone kind of knows. Anyone who's interested in sci-fi knows what what Deckard looks like. Mm-hmm. The other thing I guess I'll say at the top is that this is just, it's, this is laser synth future Raymond Chandler. If anybody's yeah. ever read uh, those old Philip Marlowe stories, who I, I really love, Raymond Chandler, there aren't any better hard boiled detective stories. No, those are probably the best. Um, also, Big Lebowski is inspired by Raymond Chandler's mm-hmm. stories. Instead of being a private investigator, though, he just kind of bumbles into it, <laughs> which is great. Uh, yeah, so it takes place in 2019. Which is interesting because we don't got flying cars and shit yet. Yeah, at this point. We do have like corporate ownership of everything now. Yeah, so. I got that right. Uh, came out in 1982, though. Fucking never is Blade Runner. You know what it is. Ridley Scott directed it. Studio fired him at the end because they went over budget over time. Um, They recut it, did a test screening. People hated it, cut it again, added narration that was written by like some ancillary third-party writer who didn't have anything to do with the screenplay or anything like that. That's what they released. It bombed. Um, I mean, it also came out the same weekend as E.T. So mm, That's a rough one. Yep. That's one that my kids watch, E.T. E.T., yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's oh, we sure could probably watch E.T. I don't know. I feel like we're cheating by watching actual good movies. Though. Yeah, I do a little bit too. I mean, but for the most part, we've watched, you know, low movies that have not made a lot of money. Yeah, that's uh, true. E.T. Is, is, is a movie that's made. That's kind of a blockbuster. Blade <laughs> Runner is, I'd say Blade Runner is like the blockbuster of cult movies. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, it's like top of the pile. Like, Robocop, Blade like, Runner, you know, what movies you think of that are cult movies? Yeah, that's like, true. Really movie. good. Mm-hmm. Big part of the zeitgeist. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, uh you know, it's uh, opening weekend is E.T., so it's already fucked. Then it had, like, bad word of mouth because people complained about how long it was and. They didn't understand the plot, shit like that. Um, then he came out on home video, did all right, started to get a cult following. They released a director's cut. That's not a director's cut because Ridley Scott didn't have final approval on it. He was like 900 cuts of this movie. Yeah. Um, but we watched the final cut, which is Ridley Scott's cut of the movie. Yeah. And again, I, we also kind of watched theatrical cuts, just to yeah. refresh our memories. Mm-hmm. Um, just to remember that bad narration. Yeah, narration. Well, Harrison be... Ford thought it was dumb as shit, so he's just reading it like... He's like, this is dumb shit. Yeah. Um, the thing, too, is that you could have done some interesting stuff with the narration. I, we talked about it in another... On the Goolies, like, I think. the Goolies? Yeah, we just, narration in, in movies is generally stupid. Yeah, show, don't tell. But, um... Simple as that. It's I also don't shit. know how I feel about the fucking opening scroll in this movie. Oh, it's pretty dumb. Yeah. I don't I don't like um, opening scroll. I, my, have my you first seen uh, Blade Runner 2049? I have not watched it yet. I'm going to watch it tonight or tomorrow. Oh, you ch- yeah, you should. It's like, my favorite movie last year. Okay i actually kind of excited to watch so. it, because I, I didn't, my, re, my memory of Blender again is from that hotel room, Yeah. and I'm like, oh, it's, I liked it, but the narration was shit, and it was, there parts that just didn't work. Yeah, as well. well, I There's watched some weird continuity errors in the, uh, the theatrical cut. Mm. Like, uh, where the fuck is that other replicant? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> There's six replicants, one died, and we lost track of the other four. Alright, that's great, you seem to have lost track of one completely. Well, yeah, in this version, there's an actual line where, like, yeah, yeah they broke into this facility, two of them got electrocuted. To death. Yeah. But in the original, the theater squad, only one got electrocuted to death, and the last track of four, and the ch- chief doesn't mention the other one. The yeah, the that seems like a really dumb cut. It's a like, super just obvious. Like, right? this movie makes sense, okay. Yeah, so that's one of my most vivid memories of it. Of course, seeing parts of it on TV and shit. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, probably around 2007, 2008, when the final cut came out, and I sat down and watched it and I was like, Oh yeah, Blade
1: Runner. I get
0: it now. I get it now. <laughs> this goes back to another podcast too, but like when I said that I haven't watched the movie since like two thousand eight, it's not that inaccurate. Yeah. Um, I read a lot about the re-edits and cuts when the final cut came out in two thousand seven, but mm-hmm. I never actually saw it. I remember they there was like a collector's edition came out with like a suitcase and it had like every version in it. I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna buy that if it goes on sale, and I don't I never bought yeah, it's also, that's not a good purchase, because this You know You're cut, only going to watch the final cut. Yeah, right? I'm only, probably only ever going to watch the final cut again, because it makes it into an actual great movie. Mm-hmm. And the other ones are like, the pieces are there, but they're just jumbled a little bit. Yeah, so like, again, the opening scroll, I don't like in anything, I've never liked an opening scroll that wasn't Star Wars. Um, oh, that's why I brought 2049. The scroll for that one is pretty similar, but written slightly better, and it's just kind of like... <laughs> this is what's been happening for the last 40 or 30 years okay let's go <laughs> I, um, I don't like i hate the way this one retires where it's like they don't call it murder we call, they call murder. it retirement it's like, what let's yeah that's go. a weird thing you don't need to put that in there but uh, to go back to the narration they could have done some interesting news in the narration they just again it's just a lot of telling but you can kind of show what deckard's about by having him do other stuff we'll check it out this Final cut version doesn't have narration, and you know what's going on by what's happening on screen. Right, but uh, there's like a, I wrote down a Raymond Chandler rhyme from uh, I want to say the the little sister. I think mm-hmm. it's the little sister, but because I really like it. But I think if they did narration in that kind of style, it would have made sense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the line. Okay. From thirty feet away, she looked like a lot of class. From ten feet away, she looked like something made up to be seen from thirty feet away. Nice. But yeah, that's the thing that's they are going the you, for with the narration is... But they, were, but they weren't, though. They were literally telling you exposition. Yeah, but what they were attempting to do was that old-school film noir narration or... Yeah, but type of story. I guess what I'm getting at is they didn't... They, they, didn't they should have done it. Yeah. <laughs> they should have actually done what they... If that's what they were attempting, then they should have done it because they didn't do fucking shit. Oh, they just had some... Like I said, some studio stooge wrote it. Yeah, like... Not who, you know? though? It's I'm not sure. good writing from anybody. No. I'm sure he's not a writer. He was like a producer or something. Like, I got this. Don't a, I uh, took a writing class in uh, college, college. <laughs> so. I got another line um, from Seinfeld: uh, writing uh, community in cars, getting coffee, mm-hmm. When he talks about getting studio notes, and he's like, uh, "You know, you're you're not paid to be funny. Your job is not to be funny. My job is to be funny and creative. So I don't need you to do things that aren't your job." Yeah. Like this, you haven't worked 30 years, you know, in comedy and to be a funny person and to make a TV show. I don't need your notes. Is basically what it comes down to. Yeah, that is such a weird attitude to have. Like, mm-hmm. I am a businessman. I make money. Um, but you know what? Let me tell you what to do for something you've been doing for 30 years. It's like going to a like surgeon. Like no, 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 not that. That one. Yeah. No, I don't think you know. I don't think no, practicing. that's not think you the over I the ventricle. Thumb, I don't, or, my, my wife and my people I pay laugh at everything I say, so <laughs> I must be pretty funny. And I mean, it's not to say that like, people can't have good ideas or like, the, the, my, I think it's a studio note saying, hey, we don't really like this is helpful. I just don't need the comma after that saying, you should do this instead. I, also, I don't know, like, oh, we don't really, really like this. Like, all right, this is your money, I guess, kind of, but... You guys don't fucking know. Yeah, well, that's true too. <clears throat> this uh, this movie is a good example, maybe the best example of studio interference can really fuck with a story. Yes. Uh, Ridley Scott, um, to be honest, like didn't do himself any favors while they're filming it. Uh, he's got that perfectionist streak, like Stanley Kubrick. Problem is, he didn't have the clout to Kubrick. be Stanley Kubrick. So all he ended up doing was annoying. Uh, people that did have a lot of power in the industry, like Harrison Ford and Rutger Hauer, and uh, he did go over budget. They shot for way too long. None of the cast and crew got along with him. All sorts of stuff. So, you know, really, Scott's kind of a dick. The studio didn't like him, and that's what happened. Um, unfortunately, due to their meddling, probably one of what could have been one of the most classic movies of the 80s. Ended up being a cult classic movie of the 80s. Hey, we got a sequel out of it. Yeah, a really good sequel. Which, there's some things I need to talk about, that the sequel does a lot better than the original when we get to it. It'll no, be a specific either, part when yeah, yeah. we get to it. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so fucking Fuck Yeah Miniatures. First open Oh, yeah, the that's movie. My like, yeah, more miniatures. This is uh, how household Recall starts, <laughs> too. Like, check out Miniature Mars. This one's like, well, check out Miniature Future Los Angeles. The Blade Runner miniatures are, are really cooler. This yeah. goes back to something we talked about, although I don't think we actually posted it in the, um, the, we didn't because of the Lord of the Rings Christmas podcast. Uh, I didn't. We know. didn't, yeah, we kind of, we recorded it, but we didn't really have a format, and it didn't really work out. Yeah, it was just a little too messy. So, might be something you get as a bonus podcast at yeah, some point. We'll, we'll try again next year. Miniature work is something that has completely almost disappeared from movies. Um, yeah, and I think it's terrible. CG that shit, now. Right. Like you can t- do both. Yeah. Do miniatures and then... Touch it up. Touch it up A with Lord, some CG. Yeah. It's going to look so good, trust me. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, <laughs> it'll be fun. But this movie is yeah, amazing. It's just Marvel. Marvel. Start using miniatures. God damn it. Yes. I'm tired of seeing... Oh man, ninety percent CG. Robert Downey yeah. Jr. on one hundred percent CG foreground, background, interacting with one hundred percent CG characters. Like, I'm not trying to watch a fucking video game. These are all, I mean, mat work, miniatures, CG. They're all techniques that you should be used together. But that's just, I'll get off my. Like, man, it now. worked for fifty years. So yeah, we'll I mean, Lord of the, the Rings one. is, is a kind of the movie that brought all those elements together, and it's mm-hmm. one of the most visually appealing movies of the last thirty years. Yeah. The last 20 years at least. Yeah. Whenever, remember. what, Phantom Menace came out in 99, right? Yeah. It was more visually painted Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's what I mean. But Phantom Menace was the start of, like, fucking do everything on green screen. Yeah. And it got climbed on so hard, all the prequel thrills you did about that. And now that's all you see in big budget movies. Because that shit's cheap and easy. Really, Scott specifically said, uh, I only make entertainment films. There's not any artistry or philosophy in Blade Runner. It's just supposed to be entertainment. And what the, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about, really, Scott? Because this movie is, this movie's like, mesmerizing. Like, I was really bad about taking notes watching this movie because I'd just sit there and be like, hell yeah, sound and lights. Fucking, I'm having a great time. But oh, yeah, shit's going on? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I really... It is a... And right. it deals with the idea of humanity, yeah, identity, right. life and death. <laughs> all these like larger existential philosophies. It's really the... um. And nah, this is just entertainment, man. He's just shooting robots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really... It's asking the um, philosophical question, like the the trite philosophical question. Like, to be or not to be, right? Yeah, just like Pris well, says at one point. Mm-hmm. Or it's just that, yeah, right? The, yeah, the, when she's hanging out with... J.S. Uh, F- Sebastian. J.S. Yeah. Sebastian. Who has a uh, Methuselah syndrome? <laughs> Makes him older, right? Yeah. Um. He says he's 25. Obviously, he older actor. But check this out. The actor who plays him, it's only 34 when they filmed that. I oh, mean, I feel like I look better than that dude. Yeah, you're 34 right now. <laughs> don't look anything like that guy. <laughs> like, you sure you didn't actually have Methuselah syndrome? I don't know, man. Like, that was pretty like he this was pretty hard. 34 years, I guess. This is a problem that is like white people go in the sun too much and they don't put on sunblock. Yeah. I'm guessing I don't know <laughs> I just uh, I take a lot of milk baths Yeah I get um, What is it Stem cells from Children's foreskin Injected into my face Oh my god <laughs> Apparently which is Something Sandra Bulg Actually does Remember how I said She looks like a baby stem? <laughs> That's all you need I guess You need penis face <laughs> <laughs> Oh Sandra penis face Bulg Yep That's how she's gonna Get referred to bro. I hope she's happy uh, yes, yeah, so the Ministry is great. Um, I guess we'll get into the plot. Starts off like perfectly. Weak chin, guys here.
1: Yeah.
0: he's getting interviewed by um, some. You don't immediately know he's uh, a Blade, Blade Runner, but, but something's going. He's like a doctor guy. He, he seems different. like an authority figure. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, okay, well... For considering these guys are, you know, quasi-grown, quasi-designed, like it seems like you'd give a your Cyberman a better chin. Yeah they're, all, yeah, they're supposed to be, like, the perfect versions of humans, you know, like, stronger, better, that sort of thing. Like No, they're stronger and more agile, and they're at least as smart as us. Yeah, some say approaching aren't tough. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, um, design a better chin, come on. I saw, that's the thing, though, is um, you saw NVIDIA's AI created artificially... No, look at it, I it. Oh, well, it created, like, 30-something, like, human faces that look like real people, but the people that don't exist, because... Like, are, uh, are they, are they from Valley faces? No, they straight up look like real people. No. But, um, yeah, they're not all, like, movie stars and shit, though, so... I guess, like, you know... You happen. think the designers are like, eh, give this man a and Well, I'm, maybe, I was thinking maybe they just based them off of other people that already existed. Oh. I'm like, eh, whatever. Fuck (laughs) it. He's just going to be lifting shit anyways because he's like a worker replica. Um, He's getting the uh, voight Kampf procedure done, which is where they ask strange sort of moralistic questions to the replicants to see what their emotional responses are because they don't care about animals and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, seemingly Rutger Hauer's character is... I feel like he would be able to pass the test. Well, Rachel, too, uh, seems like she... Mm -hmm. well, I think the thing is Rucker Howard would have the same thing as Rachel. She would he would just take like five times as many questions to fail But the they, get them they get him eventually. eventually. Uh, yeah but also his all... name is Roy. Yeah, Roy Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> um but um do you think there also be that's the thing is do you think there's humans that, like would fail the test after like a hundred or so questions. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. Uh, I don't know. I don't think after I mean some of these honestly Rachel, Rachel by question like three or four, I'm like, This bitch is a replicant. <laughs> She's like, well, your son brings you his butterfly collection with the killing jar?" And she's like, "I'll take him to the doctor." Why is that fucking weird? Well, he's got a killing jar for the butterflies. That's how you get a butterfly collection. I had, in 7th grade, yeah. I had a science science class, I had to get a bug collection. Mm-hmm. Mom I helped gotta, me make help you, yeah, you bugs. Mom too. helped me make the killing jar. I got, uh, Grandpa, this is a side story, Grandpa brought home a termite from work, and I brought it to school, and she's like, oh, that's really a termite, and I'm like, Grandpa a fucking, owns his own pest control business, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's termite, you bald shit. It was just because it was big and terrifying. Or a worker, or as yeah. a soldier termite. Big old fathead. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing, like, if if this is, if uh, if uh, if this is, if it's weird to have a butterfly collection in Killing jar, then I guess the state of California owes me and my entire 7th grade some, Restitution? Yeah, restitution and some, uh... Psychological work. Oh, I didn't realize the killing jar was something specific to, uh, like, um... Entomology. So I was sitting mean, like, I'm he's re- collecting butterflies and killing them. I'm like, I guess that's a little strange. Yeah, but I guess... But it, if it is just part of the process, then it's kind of like... Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. really, you just... Oh, well. you just soak a rag, I can't remember what little gas it was. Oh, and you just get them in there and, and they like... close the lid. You get asphyxiated? Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean, it seems a little gruesome, but, like, at least, you like, the whole point is to preserve them, right? So you're not just like, well, I'll smash this yeah, butterfly yeah, right. you're gonna, and, and You, you it. to a board and... <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, and then the so next, by that question, I'm like, is this even fucking... I also, just, you know, uh, replicate. well, then also the next question, it's like, a wasp lands on you and she's like, I kill <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, what's so bad about killing the butterflies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where they got. Yeah. Like, uh huh. That's what I thought. Humans don't ever contradict themselves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's getting the tests, and he's he knows he's failing it because he's like, man, I'm a replicant. I don't understand this shit. And what? he's like, let me tell you about my mother. She's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Buzz him, uh, I I feel like when he used to answer answers questions, like I feel like I'd answer these, I'd respond the exact same way to these questions, but then I'm just an asshole. Yeah. Uh, like what's a tortoise? Now I don't even know. I've never seen a turtle. Well, here's the thing, uh, so this is in P.K.D.'s, Phil- Philip K. Dick's book, the uh-huh. original, uh, there's not really animals left on Earth, mm-hmm. um, and the ones that do exist are hell expensive, um, and there's some allusions to it in this movie. Yeah, yeah, Like, do you think if a real snake can live here? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he doesn't know what tortoise is, he's never seen a turtle because there's not really fucking animals anymore. Yeah. But what I don't get is, like, let me tell you about my mother. Bang, 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 bang. Well, it's because he has no memories of his mother. Yeah. Rachel does that, cause she's more advanced. Well, not more advanced, but they manipulated her quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, they more. planted false memories. And then uh, he blows that fool away. Who that guy was smoking cigarettes like Richard Spencer? He was just like, I'm not gonna inhale this. I just love the cool taste of smoke in my mouth. <laughs> but immediately cut to who's that? Is that Han Solo? No, his haircut's better. <laughs> <laughs> this is the where I'm like, oh, laser suit future Raymond Chandler. Yeah. He's just like, there's a looking rat. sad detective, and he's like reading the newspaper, it's all rainy, he's like, I guess I'll get some noodles, and then this is the first introduction to street speak, which is a concept that Edward James almost came up with for this movie. I think it's isn't it in the book? Um, no, not specifically. Well, in the book it is multicultural future. Um, Chinese is as um, common as a language as English, so Spanish, mm. you know, that sort of thing. Edward James almost specifically had the idea of, like, integrating multiple languages into common speech for the people down on the streets since they would all be different cultures interacting with each other. You hear Japanese first, the noodle man, he's talking to Harrison Ford foreign Japanese because, you know, whatever, Harrison foreign understands him. He doesn't speak Japanese, but he understands, and the other guy understands English, but he's speaking Japanese. Uh, but then Edward James Lomas and the other guy come up and he speaks Hungarian mixed with Korean mixed with German. Um, Deckard doesn't understand that, but the noodle man does. Cause well, he's, he's, he's out there on the streets. Deckard pretends not to understand it. He, he, he probably it. does, yeah. Well, I mean, they, in the theatrical cut, he straight up says it in the narration. He's like, I don't understand it. I'm just not going to make it easy for games. Oh, give, I mean, they should have kept the narration in there then because <laughs> I totally missed it. I didn't. I, I was pretty sure at the time because... I do whatever, but we, we before I watch the pitch, we'll cut again. And they do that narration. Like this motherfucker understands it. Oh, he's being facetious. Oh, <laughs> he's just being hard to. He doesn't want to do his job. Well, he doesn't have a job. He's quit. Now he's twice quit, and then he's gonna mm-hmm. be four times as quit by the time the box out of here. Um, Edward James Olmos is fucking dressed like the coolest pimp of all time in this movie. Like he's always. A <laughs> I thought the same shirt. thing too. Yo, he like looks so fucking cool. I'm like, this is motherfucker. He's not a very good detective. All he does is origami and just like a pimp. Yeah. Well, he's like, he seems like otherworldly in the movie. You notice, know, like, he just pops up and he's like, "Yeah, here's some origami. Let me say some cryptic shit." Mm, did you um, knows my cane? Yeah. Fucker? He's cool. I want. To, they need to make a movie about him. <laughs> What's he all? I about? assume he's in Blade Runner 2049. Um, no. I don't believe your face. Um, but here's now. This is class, classic detective stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, I quit. I'm not doing it anymore. it's like, you gotta come back. We got a real serious case. And he's like, ah, oh, damn. I oh, was just wondering about. They calling yeah, me out. Oh, <laughs> Too old for this shit. Um, well, not that No, not really. Um, Deckard's got a really cool coat. They show it off quite a bit. I'm touch on. On a little bit. Yeah because he just stole the idea. Yeah, he's got his collar down, it's all rainy, but then he gets to the office and he's got his collar up, and you're like, oh, who's this badass? Well, here's another thing now to think about, too. If, if it is true that all aliens, Blade Runner, and uh, Firefly are all in the same universe, does that mean Deckard was a brown coat? No, maybe he's um, just famous for... Well, I don't want to spoil 2049 for you, so... We'll just say that maybe he's famous for other reasons in the universe, and oh, okay. they just thought he had a really cool look. And they're like, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is where you find out Edward James almost is an origami man. He just likes to make origami stuff. It'll be an important one at the end of the movie. Well, like I said, he seems to just be like otherworldly, supernatural figure. and We'll get to that, and we'll have to argue about Ridley Scott some more. <laughs> the uh chief i guess and i forgot to write down what this dude's name is but he's one of those guys that's just in lots of stuff you know oh the chief yeah yeah but he's like here uh deckard let me show you this snuff film (laughs) (laughs) because it's uh the weak chin guy blowing away another blade (laughs) all right let's start listing off the replicants they're looking for okay and one of the first one's Weechin guy. He's a worker. He can lift, like, 400 pounds nonstop all day. The only way to hurt him is to kill him. That's right. He's Leon a, is his name. He's a tough motherfucker. Um, then they get to Zora, who's, like, a highly trained assassin. Like, she just... Yeah, she's, she like, a sex assassin, huh? Hold on. <laughs> We're going to get to this real quick, because this is setting set me off. Um, then, obviously, Roy. He's a military replicant. He's probably the leader, because he's just, you know, fucking Rucker Hauer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're like, and hey, this one's Pris, she's a sex slave. <laughs> was it a prim? Or was it Pris? No, it's Pris. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go on a little bit of a feminist tangent right here. Um, so when I watched this version originally um, in 2008, which is like one of the, when I was old enough to understand the details of Blade Runner, I was like, eh, that's kind of strange. They just were like, whatever, she's a sex worker. Okay. Um, she also has military obligations too, right? No, she's. I just, you had both. No, she's just a common pleasure model that's used by the military and workers. If oh, okay, yeah, she's a sex slave, I was like, they just really they just did that, huh? What but, do you um, All right, so uh, Ridley really Scott has presented you a realistic world, Kyle. It's kind like of, kind <laughs> of, whatever. Not too big a deal in 2008 when I saw this. But now, after 2049 coming out, uh, it's really... The way they treat the female characters in 2049 as compared to the original one, like, yeah, it is fucking a drastic improvement. Like, there's something about the original Blade Runner that's really like... Yeah, fucking women exist, I guess. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not... It probably is not... Well, I... The only woman you're really supposed to care about in this is Rachel, right? Yeah, but all right, so. But you. But we're gonna get to that too. Yeah, no, no, I have some shit to yeah. say about. It. I'm sure you know, but. Well, then let's get into it now, since I'm going off on of this feminist tangent. Sure. First thing is. Oh, let me find out. I, I want to read the whole line. Wait, no, I want to talk about <laughs> Zora first. So she's uh... They don't mention anything about her being a sex assassin, in this scene. All they mention is she's a highly trained assassin. Isn't it written on the thing? Um, I might have it might be written on the page because I have it in my notes. Maybe, but, you know, I'm, but I'm thinking maybe it's because of when you see her later, she's working at a like, sketchy but I burlesque don't, place. Uh, unless I remember it, but I wrote my notes before I had seen it. Today. Yeah, but here's my thing. is uh, She's a highly trained assassin. She's here on Earth. She's just working at a sketchy burlesque place. Well, I, my thing is... And then when she realizes Deckard's a Blade Runner, she doesn't just kill him. She, she runs him. away. She, she tries to kill him, and then like the other uh, sex workers see her. And yeah, so she but why she off. just kill her? she's already on the run. Only got a few days left to live, anyways. I don't know if in the movie doesn't work, but I think that's different. yeah. She yeah. She's afraid she's gonna get caught, is what it. Yeah, so but she, but she just like straight runs away. Like like I don't know. It's just like <laughs> women. You know, like I just feel like they, they handle the female characters so badly. In yeah, this. and then later on, uh, Daryl a big fight scene with. That it's like, well, we got to be able to see her nipples and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, again, you know, we've talked about this multiple times on other movies, so I don't know how often I want to mention like the unnecessary nudity. Yeah. We see it. But we didn't really need to see any of their breasts in this movie. No. It could all be straight up implied. We know what's going on. Um, um I don't like that. I don't mind nudity in films. Um, and the nudity is not like super upsetting in this movie. Yeah, is it's it? not necessarily it's just, gratuitous. Just I just gonna... feel like um. They're like, whatever, yeah, there's some female replicants, I don't know, whatever. But I guess they mostly focus on Roy anyways, but they know there's a lot of development with Pris, but she's just like, hangs out with Roy, you know? Yeah. I really the only replicant, you get some development with Roy, Leon is not a real character. Um, no, he's just, he a, gets the touches. He's just like, um, he's a brute character. Uh, Zora is the same thing as Leon. I think Zora and Leon were the couple, mm-hmm. and then Pris and Roy were the other couple, right? Yeah. Um and you get some with Pris, but I don't know. Well you know, let's what talk supposed to, about Rachel then. What are we supposed to talk about the character the only one we're supposed to care about is Rachel. She's not even a character either. No and also like Decker is just a lonely, desperate man. He doesn't know her at all. Yeah. Right he's and he basically bullies her into their first well, sexual I mean, encounter. It's a classic. And she's uh, having like a like, Life crisis. I, yeah. yeah, like an existential crisis. She doesn't have anywhere else to go. You know what I mean? No, it's, yeah, that's in my notes here. <laughs> they just treat. Yeah. So basically, what I'm saying is, uh thank God things have changed a little bit. <laughs> Republicans can't consent. Republicans have no consent. Republicans need no consent. <laughs> yeah. Um. Denis Villeneuve. Did, let me teach. Let me teach you how to make sex. Yeah. He did a much better job with a few more characters in 2049. Well, I mean, I guess some of it's Ridley Scott as a director, but he didn't write the movie, right? So, No, but um, he really Scott was forcing uh, changes to the screenplay and story. story daily. So he's like, hey, why don't we make Zora a um, sexy snake sex lady who's got her titties out? You know what I mean? I don't know. I feels weird. I don't want to put the blame on Ridley Scott here because he is responsible for one of the most of yeah, the, was, Alien. the characters of all time. So. He did not make Alien. He clearly knows that females, women can be people in our characters. I just don't know if that was part of the story he was looking to tell here. Or maybe it's not really his story. That's the weird thing about, I always feel weird about the auteur theory of filmmaking. Unless you're the writer, director, producer, actor, even then there's other people involved. Nah, but there's auteurs, and really Scott's one of them. Why? No film is 100%. Well, I mean, look at the theatrical release, is not his vision. So yeah, no film true. is entirely one person's vision. Even the final cut isn't, because I don't think he. I mean, I don't. Well, he didn't get to film everything he wanted to. Right. So and, and you know, the other people are making decisions. He's not the one with the camera. He's not the one doing the acting. It's not. There is no true. There's no true auteur film. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I'm not one of those people that I. I don't think we need to go back and look at every film through the lens of 2019. Yeah. No, as yeah, it yeah. were. But um, just because of having is seen 20, position, 2049, I get you. 2049 very recently, and the stark difference between how the female characters are treated, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, like shit used to be like way dumber. <laughs> <laughs> so simplified. But yeah, I don't know, that's the end of my rant. We'll talk more about racial like, oh, good. But yeah, Prince she's a sex slave. That sucks. Uh, they got an order artificial owl because animals are dead. Um, Here's the other thing: Do you even need the void content? Sh- just shine a light in their eyes. Oh yeah, because when there's scenes all the time where their eyes reflect red. Um, I yeah, I'm glad that it exists though, because there's a variation of it in 2049 that is uh, really fucking intense. I don't know. I'm just Denis Villeneuve. He's a way better director than Ridley Scott. I think 2049 is better than the original Blade Runner. <gasps> Yo, yeah, fight me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily smoking can't hurt the test. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing. Uh-huh. Uh, because everybody's constantly smoking this movie. For rich people, they smoke a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure there's, like, a pill you take in the future as a rich person that's, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. Decker's trying to see if she's down for, like, a threesome. She's like, trying to see if I'm a lesbian or what? <laughs> your husband brings home no naked photos. No, way, you bring home naked photos <laughs> and you show it to your husband. I love naked ladies? Uh, but no wait, so I'm a husband a, I sure you Surprise, Rachel's a replicant Who would have guessed? I know, she wasn't very awkward and stilted from the first go. <laughs> Our uh, main guy here He's like Yeah, more human than human <laughs> Not quite yeah, Roy Batty's the most human replicant though Mm, eh, mm. I don't know. I relate to him. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> he does some crazy shit that I'm like, yeah, I'd probably do that. Oh, yeah, well, I get some stigmata, huh? Mm-hmm. He just needs to get his hand working. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Enjoy Coke, damn it. <laughs> there's Coke <laughs> call yeah, no, all over the place. There's some, uh, some weird red pill uh, shit going on. Red, red pill? Isn't one of the advertisements like an Asian lady taking a red pill? Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, they're specifically for something. I yeah, I uh, yeah. just don't... I hate how that Red Pill shit has been co-opted. Well, I mean, they still... Total the Recall, Blood Runner, Matrix. Yeah. Well, all the people on the internet that talk about the Red Pill got it from the Matrix because they're all... weren't born until 1995. I imagine they are seeing Total Recall. Them. recall them. Maybe. But now they're up on it because they're all into the mythology of it. So now they know every movie that has a Red Pill. Yeah, it. which is interesting because it, its origins are Matrix... A major studio film with major studio interference. And they're like, yeah, the Red Pill, you take it, you can see through all the lies. I learned about it in this major studio film. <laughs> <Really> <laughs> Thanks, smart. Warner Brothers. Thanks, Warner Brothers. That's the same thing with the, um using the V for Vendetta guy, Fox Mask. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, man, I know uh, Alan Moore did originally, but you didn't learn about it until you saw that shitty Kevin McTeague, Wachowski Brothers version of it. And that's where you got the idea. Warner Brothers makes money off of every one of those goddamn masks you buy, you fucking idiots. <laughs> We're anonymous. We don't <laughs> fucking get, man. You fucking nerds on the internet don't know shit. You do like five minutes of research and you're like, I don't know. It looks cool. <laughs> 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 There's a great story from um, more about uh, trying to find a Guy Fox mask when he started to write *Beaver Moon*. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently, it used to be a really big thing when he was a kid. Like, everywhere would wear Guy fox masks on Guy fox Day. Bonfire Day? Yeah, Bonfire Day. But then when he went to, to uh, write the uh, graphic novel, he was trying to find one, you know, for artist reference, and, like, they just didn't sell him anymore. Oh, because of Thatcher's England, huh? Mm-hmm. No, you can't, you know, generally... No fun allowed! Yeah, well, it's also a rebel. But you know what? Uh, Guy Fox was a fucking... Catholic extremist terrorists, so fuck Guy Fox too. They're <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, we're anonymous. We just uh, want to overthrow the government for the Catholics. <laughs> Ugh. For your king Where's wears the pony hat back in the yeah, royal? That's right. I mean. Like, like, I do, your re- do your research, you fucking nerds. Yeah, <laughs> there might be some background noise. That's uh, my cat snoring. <laughs> Snores as loud as I do. Uh, Roy runs into Leon. And he's like, you get them pictures of what? And he said, nah, there were some dudes there. Deckard. He's and like, was it men? He's like, nah. No, he's not. Tortoise. Like, no. he's like, yeah, it's men. It's policemen? <laughs> but yeah, um, Edward James Olmos and Deckard check out a spot that Liam was at. And again, um, we have uh, we have Gaines here. Instead of doing actual police work, doing origami. But, like, oh, I'm like a matchstick dick, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but they do find a snake scale. Well, we don't know the snake scale yet. Yeah, they the, the scale. snake scale. First, he's like, what's this? Dookie in the tub? Yeah, <laughs> there's some green shit in was <laughs> Oh, a scale, okay. Mm, that, nice. was snake, that was Snake Dookie. Uh, but please, man. Uh, but then, check this out. Leon and Roy go to hang out with Lopan from <laughs> <laughs> Big Troll in Little China. One of my favorite character actors. James Hong? Yeah, yeah he's pretty good. Uh, his scene's really cool. I like they're in this like super cool environment. He's got like tubes in his first, I imagine he's so like heated. He make, gets yeah. like some nice he's hot literally air. Clearly freezing to death. as yeah. so the interrogation goes on. Um, and Leon uh is an idiot. He just sticks his hand into super freezing chemicals. You know, and I mean, he's it. clearly not the brightest replicant. He's he's like, like, well, what's, what's, right what's this? Mm, what's the smell like? Mm, cold. <laughs> <It> smells like <laughs> cold. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like, oh, what? what I mean, um, I guess it's the thing that replicants are just ch- children, right? The, the, yeah, I mean they're only three years old, mm-hmm. right? Uh,
1: they
0: obsess over weird shit. That's why Leon has the uh, pictures that he's always taken. Mm-hmm. Roy, um, well, I mean Roy is like as a real at this point is like a more formal form person. He's at the end of his replicant life, right? Well, all of them are like only like days or weeks away. No, I think Leon's only, it's only two years in. Oh, really? Yeah, he says he's from, his was, in the same April 2017. No, he said 2016. I think he said 2017. Mm-mm. No, it's I, still another year. Yeah, well, um, I, well, yeah. And Roy but, is, like, at the end of his life. Well, no, I, um, I think even Roy is, like, starting to break down. Uh, that's the thing is, I don't think it's, like, specifically right, four yeah, years. Yeah, right. It's, you know, at the Roughly. most, I think in four years. Yeah, also, I guess Roy's probably reading lots of books and shit he seems like he's interested in. um, He does seem like a smarter replicant than the other ones, too. He does beat the uh, doctor in chess. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the whole idea is that he's um, a military replicant designed for fighting off-world. But uh, I'm sure he's in a leadership position, so it's like, oh, he's fucking West Point, you know, (laughs) top-of-the-class kind of, like, military guy. Presumably. Like, some sort of, like, admiration for the military top brass kind of idea. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. If you're if you're worried about replicants, it seems like a bad idea to design leader replicants to be in charge of your army. You should probably just have regular humans do that. Yeah. That's it's, just me, you know, trying to plan It might be strategize. a case. It might just be... Uh, yeah, the other, other thing, thing too, is, is, like, someone needs to read some more Isaac Asimov, because there are some, some rules that you should have paid attention to. Um, well, I think another thing you could possibly consider is... Uh, Since that's the whole point of the movie, a little bit, or at least that's vaguely the philosophy of it. Ridley Scott said there was no point. It's just dumb. Yeah, but someone else wrote the screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Kyle, he's a true auteur filmmaker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but. um, (laughs) My point it's not ever specifically stated in the movie, which might be because um, Ridley Scott changed shit. But there is a theme in the movie that's inherent from the screenplay, presumably. Where it's about these replicants. Oh, the replicants, but are are, they're human, are they human right? people? Right? Are they're close they, enough to being human. Are they alive? So possibly this isn't Roy's programming at all. This is just yeah, how Roy developed alive. as a human being mm-hmm. since presumably they're not fucking androids. They're, they're not like cybernetic. Well, they S- seem to be biological because right now they're talking to James Hong. He designs their eyes. Yeah, and he seems to be working with actual realish biology. Eyes. Yeah, and they bleed. It looks like red blood. We mm-hmm. don't see any servos or gears when they get shot. It looks like it's just inside a human being, and they go into this more in twenty forty nine. I'm pretty sure replicants are just more like biomechanical, bio-mechanical. clones. Well, even then, still, you, if you're programming memories into them, you got to be able to program certain things. That I just this is a poor this is a poor setup. To run your, uh, your industry on. Well, yeah, I think that's the whole thing is they're not just programs, you know, they're not, there. Yeah, I get it, but I, uh, I guess my whole point is then it doesn't really work. You can't have... This is going to be the same problem we run into in a few years with, with AI, I guess, if you ever get yeah. true artificial intelligence. You can't have an unpredictable product you're selling because mm-hmm. that company's going to be sued out of existence the second the, the, a replicant goes crazy and kills 20 people, and steals a shuttle, and lands on Earth, and kills a Tyrell Corporation, a uh, Blade Runner, and... <laughs> well, that's why replicants are legal on Earth, is because of a replicant uprising off-world. Right, but well, that's how you see what I'm getting at. If there's mm-hmm. an uprising off-world, guess what? There's not going to be a Tyrell Corporation anymore making replicants. Unless Tyrell Corporation owns everything, including... Power in the government like know. corporations do now. I, um, yeah, but even then, like, there's been this has happened. There's been huge corporations that have had a lot of power in in the world, like the Dutch East India Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if they fuck up, it causes huge problems, you know, for the governments that are, you know, supposedly backing these companies. Yeah. But the companies still just fucking go away. Um, maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, like, we'll see in the future. I'm, this is only three days away, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is November 2019, so it's not a year away. Jeez. Um, let's, uh, you know, uh, Lopan, James Hong, they're like, man, why do we gotta die? We need, we gotta get this shit fixed. Like, help us not die. And he's like, man, I just make your eyes. <laughs> and then he tells them about... um, Dr. Tyrell. Oh, what's his actual name. I won't say Dr. Tyrell, but it's Tyrell Corporation. Yeah. Um, and his name's like Edson Tyrell or something like that his name is Tyrell oh is it yeah okay um, he's like yeah fucking Tyrell now he knows all them shits and um my presumably Roy's like hmm how do we get to Tyrell hmm but it doesn't matter because we cut to Deckard he's going home he's like man what a night found that scale and everything <laughs> and there's an elevator gremlin it's Rachel <gasps> but he's like super surprised like as if he saw a monster I was like, damn elevator gremlin He's about to blow her away with Yeah, and she's like, oh, man, Tyrell told me I'm a replicant. It's bullshit. Look, I got pictures. And he knows some of her memories. He's like, that's, that's bullshit. He's like, let me tell you some things about yourself you've never told anyone. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, man. Man. That spider story bothered me. About the spiders eating them wall.' Yeah, which I mean, I know this thing that's, that happens, you know? But uh, just the way it's told and the like, lighting in the scene and stuff, I was like, oh, this is sad. I'm just imagining her. Well, not her, obviously, but... Tyrell's actual niece as a little girl watching that like oh man that would be pretty sad for a little kid well I mean in a way she gets to live uh, that experience of the spider because it's kind of like you know her entire world is getting eaten alive right now mm, interesting good screenplay whoever wrote that line is his, man, sure. his name is William Peebles Reed but we I mean, can't be certain that it's actually him like some I'm some just... people get screenplay credits um but you're like only like 50% of the Oh, well, right? no, I do know that he wrote like pretty much every draft of the screenplay. But oh, it's up until they're filming when really things so. are being changed. And he was rewriting things that really Scott wanted. But then the next day he'd show up and really Scott's like, nah, we're doing this instead. So, <laughs> you know. Did he write, uh, write 2049 or something else that? Um No, he didn't. It's uh, Demi who directed it and the guy that he usually collaborates with, I believe. That's weird. I mean, he just didn't even want to do it. That me, you've been that new. You probably, since you haven't watched any movies since 2008, you probably haven't seen any of his movies, but he's probably one of the best directors around right now. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like a movie the kids want to see, I probably haven't always really seen it. Oh, did uh, your kids ever want to watch Prisoners? No. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> they didn't want to watch uh, Enemy, about Jake Gyllenhaal and his evil double? I mean, No. <laughs> It's got a really scary spider scene. <laughs> man, what's up with this guy's spiders? What's with this guy's spiders? Um, so, she's really sad. It's like, oh, poor Rachel. I feel sorry for these replicants. So that part is written well. At least you're like, oh, man, it seems like pretty shitty to be a replicant. She's got sad android problems. And then in the background, a little sad jazzy synth. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Yeah, yeah thanks, Blade Runner. Cut to Chris. We finally see Chris. Well, wait. There's a point where he's like, ah, let's have a drink. It'll solve all your problems. (laughs) And she's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then leaves. (laughs) Well, he just loves to drink. Because, you know, he's a hard-boiled detective. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, we need to finally see Chris. This young Daryl Hannah. The prostitute on the case. Uh, (laughs) She turns into Daryl the Grouch. She's hiding in the garbage. (laughs) Uh, Here's J.S. Sebastian rolling up. He drops his keys. She gets scared and runs. Um she Fake b- scared you mean? Well we we'll get to that, but I just wanna point out that um so you saw that she ran and slipped and like banged into the car and broke the window. That wasn't rehearsed, she actually oh. slipped and put her elbow through that window and it wasn't like breakaway glass. <laughs> she like tripped the shell of her elbow. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. But she acted through it, which is crazy. She's just like, Oh hey! <laughs> But yeah, this is obviously, she's sitting there waiting for him. Yeah, it's okay. Like, Roy told her, like, hey, this is how we get to Tyrell, go hang out with this guy. Mm-hmm. Which is cool, because um, he didn't, uh, just like, normally in another movie, he'd call her on the phone and be like, hey, this is our plan, this is what we're gonna do. But this one's just shot and acted so well, it's like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. No, and then what they really need to do is have Harrison Ford put in a stilted narration explaining mm. why she's there. <laughs> Alright, so here's Pris, one of the replicants we learned about earlier. Um, oh, I have to get drink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, She's trying to uh, trick this guy. See, here she goes right now. <laughs> 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 gonna get a trick on Yeah. She's yeah. gonna turn trick, but not that guy. <laughs> um, But J.S. Sebastian is another lonely man. Yeah, well, he's creep, nice. Creeper weirdo, and then we learn... I don't think he's a creeper weirdo. No, no, he's a weirdo. Well, Creeps he, are obviously dangerous. Weirdos are just weird. Yeah, well, he does have these weird dwarf Monsters that he created, yeah. which presumably are replicant, which basically are essentially legal. replicants, because he's a genetic engineer. Which is another thing leading to the fact that they're probably biological. Because why yeah, would he? Yeah, I'm gonna guess. I, than? I still, would, I mean, I guess I still in my mind, I still consider them cybernetic because I don't, they're not like true clones. They're grown in like a lab, so mm. I consider them more. Well, they're okay. Cybernetic, they're cybernetic, machine you know, design, maybe, but yeah. they're not. They're not. They don't. They're not. They're mechanical as humans are mechanical, but... Right. Well, I guess we don't know completely, but it that seems like they're better. basically biological. Well, I think mm, there's a philosophical level to that, too. That's not addressed in the film. It's just my own thoughts where I could see this being in the future. Well, that's... Where a biological things that are created will be more likely to see them as human as compared to things that are strictly mechanical. Probably. But, I mean, that's a, the Isaac Asimov Yeah. shit, too. Yeah, but that's beyond the film. We'll talk about that outside the podcast. We'll talk about that when we get to watch I, Robot with those stuff. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to that one. <laughs> it's just an Audi commercial, isn't it? <laughs> kind of, yeah. The car's all over the place. <laughs> and Chuck Taylor. Um, yeah, so he's got these weird dwarves. One of them always bumps into the doorway. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I programmed him to be cute. Where, like, Harrison Ford is really drunk again, just sitting the same door on the piano. Unicorn. He sees a Unicorn. What's that all about? Why does he see that unicorn vision? Why did Ridley Scott specifically want to make sure that scene was in the film? Hmm. But yeah, he's just drunk as shit. <laughs> <laughs> enhance! Yeah. <laughs> the go 35 to 46. Enhance. Enhance! Yep. Yeah, so um, I could see this being one of the scenes that people saw and Bad Word of Mouth. About how slow the movie is, because this is like an eight minute scene. If yeah, you know. there's no reason for this scene to go on so long. I like it just because of how stretched out it is. I think it's interesting, but uh, I know the first time I watched it, I was like, what? Why does this keep going? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's he enhancing? <laughs> and also, he's enhancing um one of Leon's photos, right? Yeah. And he finds Laura in it. Mm-hmm. In she's hair. got a snake tattooed on her, oddly enough, and she loves snakes. But he's like, oh, what? Fucking hmm, snake lady, huh? I gotta see what the scale's about. And uh, luckily there's just people on the street that are doing, like... Yeah, street genetics, that's why I have. Yeah, <laughs> they doing analysis for people, and he finds out it's a snake scale, not a fish scale. She's like, you stupid bitch. Why would you think this is a fish scale? It'd be the fucking biggest goddamn fish you've ever seen. I mean, well, there's big fish out there. That's yeah. Well, I'm, presumably there's not, since there's no animals. Left. Oh, you mean Blade <laughs> Yeah. I just <didn't. laughs> generally oh yeah i've seen some um he uh this is where he goes to the burlesque place he's um talking to the owner the owner is just not like interested in his cop shit tells him to buzz <laughs> off he's like yeah tabby doesn't want to hear your shit you here's some drinks in my house yeah shut the well fuck he up. says like oh well are your records in order and i'm guessing they're not and he's just like yeah hey, give this guy a drink he'll be fine he's a cop they love to get drunk <laughs> Uh, he decides to give Rachel a call. I'm not sure how he contacts her because she's supposed to be already like on the run at this point, I believe, or maybe she's still at Tyrells. I don't know. We don't know if she's yeah. If we don't know. We don't get any official cop word from him until the the chief says it, and that yeah. comes a little bit later. But she's like, that's uh, not the place for me. He's like, well, we try a different place, get some drinks, see how it goes. But she hangs up on him, and he's replicant zoned. But really, actually, what it is is, like, fucking your creep zone, man. <laughs> you just met a couple days ago. What the fuck are you doing? You're a creep, Deckard. there has been, been a couple of days ago, but it's also the only person that Rachel is going to turn to. Yeah. Like, we That's don't know what her support structure is like. She That's doesn't have it, You know, it like, should. Tyrell probably doesn't give a fuck about it. Yeah. She's, she's an experiment, like he said. And then, yeah, and like fucking... So is this whole thing an experiment? I don't know, is just a lonely she, piece of shit. Is Dr. Tyrell pushing Rachel on because that's part of the experiment? Well, no, it seems like Decker's just uh, going after her. Yeah. He's just lonely. He's a lonely man. Trying to regain According humanity. to narration, an ex-wife. Yeah, he, um, he, I think he was married in the book, too. Still still married. That's the other thing I'm going to start reading. The only thing I've ever read of his is is... Uh, P.K.D.? Man of High Castle. Oh, the one about Hitler? Hitler? Oh, you know he came up with the idea for this movie or this book. Hit, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? While researching Man in the Castle. All right, that's cool. Yeah, because he got to um go to uh, the one museum and read through like their records that they have from the Nazis, and he was reading one from um, a Nazi SS member in Poland, and it was basically like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, it sucks. All these crying, starving children crying at night are keeping us awake. And he read that, and he's like,
1: "Man, that's fucking how? These, yeah, how
0: can like these Nazis may have looked like people, but they weren't." And then that's how I came up with the idea for replicants. They don't call replicants in the book; they're just androids. Yeah. And in the book, they probably were androids, not just bio monsters. This is where I started to zone out. Not because the movie's boring, but because I was starting to get like really enraptured with the <laughs> like set design and sound and stuff. So my notes are gonna be pretty sparse. But uh, Deckard does a really nerdy voice to like trick Zora. Yeah. So hi, I'm uh, from the uh, Entertainment like, Guild. I forget what that actually says. Yeah, he's from the Screen Actors Guild, trying to make sure they're not getting Me too'd. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, man, you know <laughs> I am. <laughs> he's like, seriously, that shit. What's going on here? I I wonder in the scene at what point does she pick up on him being a Blade Runner? Probably pretty quick, cause um, you like you meet cops just out not doing cop stuff, and you're like, oh, that's a cop. <laughs> yeah, but Decker's supposed to be the best. Yeah, the best at being like the drunk detective cop. <laughs> He's a true detective. Him, Woody, and Matthew McConaughey. All right. And oh. soon to be a Mahershala Ali. What? A Blackman? Yeah, a Blackman. He's going to be a star of True Detective Season 3. You know how Season 2 was great. One of the best things ever made. They definitely need a Season 3. Oh, uh, yeah. Zora gets retired. I don't like this scene because she just runs and gets shot. There's a, there's just a part in my nose that just says, Don't walk! Because <laughs> I pretty sure that constantly something is yelling, either walk, don't walk, walk, run. Oh, yeah, you mean like the um yeah. the traffic lights? Yeah. They also say uh, procedo. Yeah. Because, you know, Spanish. Well, it's also Los Angeles, so the shit should be in Spanish anyways. uh He retires there, and then he goes and gets a uh, sung down. I was like, whoa, that's yeah, that beer. He always starts eating, and then Gaines shows up. Gaff. 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 I keep calling Gaines, don't I? Whoa, why is he called Gaff? Yeah. yeah, showing up looking like a pimp, and he's like, We're hey, hold, like hold on, pimp. let me mystically teleport you away, because I'm, like, fucking, I don't know, like a voodoo priest. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he's one of, like, the uh, voodoo, like, gods. He's Papa Legba. <laughs> <laughs> um, also in this scene, you'll notice that Edward James almost has fucking bright blue eyes. I didn't notice that. Yeah, uh, apparently, um, Rutger Hauer told him you should have blue eyes in some scenes and so he ever James almost went and got like super blue contacts he only wears them in a couple scenes (laughs) so that's i mean like he's so like they make he's so like mysterious and otherworldly it's like man what's going on yeah yeah, yeah, he's he's got intense blue eyes in this scene um (laughs) oh he catches a glimpse of rachel and there's no way she's going to not stand out with that hair and a giant fur coat, right? Yeah, you look way out of place there. But Leon shows up, slapping him around. He's got a lot of weird lines in this scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How old am I? What's yeah. my weight? <laughs> When's my birthday? Yeah, How I tall am I? Time to die. This guy uh, plays Leon. Um, he's got a weak chin. So I don't like the look of him. I don't think he did a very good job acting either. Some of his line deliveries is really weird. I don't, I don't know if, I think it was intentional, but I don't, I don't, I don't um, like the choice. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, so I'm glad he gets shot in Cabeza yeah. after, by Rachel. After he tries to get uh, Deckard's eyes to the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Rachel shoots him. She's like, Kapow! How do not feel to living in fear? <laughs> well, it didn't last very long I guess. <laughs> I live not fear every goddamn day. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't help. It like... Have you seen these streets? Yeah, so they go back to Decker's place and here's where I'm gonna talk about uh Sassoon again, which why I mentioned the creek and stuff. I was wondering when it was gonna come up. Uh, remember um like every like pretty much every afternoon there'd be at one point just cause there's so the like afternoon wind would show because mm-hmm. it's so windy there. I don't know the creek or whatever, just created the perfect wind tunnel so that you'd always hear like ooh oh, from yeah. the wind. Yeah. Uh, the background sound effects in there, like sad scene to have in here about killing each other, it's like the same exact sound. It's <laughs> like ooh. And I was like, whoa, it's the wind, it's the afternoon wind. Are you gonna go north? Are you gonna come with me? Are you gonna follow me? Are you gonna come after me when I go north? He's like, nah, I owe you some of someone will. And then his eyes flash. And it's Edward James almost. And he's <laughs> like, like, damn, I won't be able to get away from and him. He fucking teleports and shit. Edward, yeah, well, he's not going to fucking do shit. He's going to show up at our house, leave you an origami crane, and walk out. Yeah, because he's... I'm telling you, he's like an angel or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you notice Decker's eyes light up in the scene like he's a replicant. Yeah, we'll have to talk about Izzy he or isn't he? Um, I really mean, I, Scott said he is. And that's why the unicorn scenes in the movie. That's why... I don't know if James almost leaves him the origami unicorn yeah. at the end because he, he knows the replicant. Because he yeah. knows his memories because yeah. he's been mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of... If you take Blade Runner in isolation, it makes sense. I guess having not seen Blade Runner in 2049, I can't mm-hmm. say for certain whether he's a replicant, but the fact that Deckard's in 2049 would make me think that he's not because he should be dead if he's a replicant. Well, that's the thing is we... Um, only the Nexus 6 models we know for sure their lifespan. So there might be replicants. Like Rachel, obviously... I'm thinking is designed to live longer. Well, she—they say she's a Nexus Six, or at least the chief does. He's like, "There's a Nexus Six down at Tyrell Corporation. Why don't you go put the machine on her?" And he's like, "What if it um, doesn't work?" Yeah, but um, she's, yeah, they might think she's a Nexus Six, but she's like special Tyrell off-brand. Like, you know what I mean? It's like his own special design. You know? Right. Yeah, that's true. And I, I always—I mean, the Nexus obviously the four-year lifespan is something that is artificial. he probably could make mm-hmm. them last longer if he wanted to. Well, he tries to say, like, he, he tries to argue with Roy about it when Roy shows up to kill him. Well, going. And I don't know. The thing that, I, I guess, what I would say in that argument with Roy is that Dr. was like, once we've made you, it's your, your your limit's set. Oh, meaning he can't fix it. He can't fix it now. It's too late. It was the way I got out of that. Oh, okay. I was thinking, like, it sounded more to me like during But the there room. was a point where the doctor's like, we made you as well as we could. Yeah. But I, I still think that from what he's saying, the way he's talking, he's just saying that we made you this no way. Back. It's too late now, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, uh, when you watch 2049, it provides more context, context to some of the things in the original Blade Runner. Yeah, but I guess based on the information I have in this movie, I take it at, at face by which I have no reason not to. Yeah. Um, Deckard can't be a replicant because of Blade Runner 2049. Yes. That would make sense. Um, also, he can't be a replicant, because he's always just getting whooped up on by the replicants. Yeah, that's the I was, the other big one that favor him not being a replicant is that they're supposed to be stronger and more agile, and he just gets a shit kicked out of the entire movie by these replicants. Yeah, he's always just running away. Uh, this is the sex the sexual assault scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, really... I don't like this scene, now that I'm, like, old enough to understand it, because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, like, traps her. She's got nowhere else to go, anyways. She's her the whole life is crumbling. And he's like, he's vulnerable as shit. And yeah, he's like telling her what to say to make it seem like consent. And well, I mean, I guess the thing is, is, like this is how people act, right? That's the other way to take this. Thing. Okay, but but because of the memories she has and for thinking she's been a human her entire life, right. She should know. Well, she didn't know dog meat isn't something you should eat. Oh, yeah, but I'm thinking people <laughs> probably eat dog meat in this future. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, dude, so what? People eat dog meat now. There's, like, the Korean Dog Festival. Yeah. But, yeah, you know what I mean? That doesn't tip me off. I guess they, I don't know, they you, date rape. <laughs> it's not date rape. It's more like r- rape, right? Rape. Yeah. <laughs> so that happens. Uh, thanks 1980s understanding of romance I guess I guess it's supposed to maybe it's supposed to harken back to the 40s tough guy because you know that was a big thing in the 40s and 50s Yeah. where yes. like ah she doesn't know what she wants I just gotta really throw her around and she'll be like ah oh, yeah this is what I want ah, the manliness it know? is a long time it's gonna be used as a Red Raymond Chandler novel but I don't remember that being like there was that element Mm. But it wasn't from the main character. It wasn't Philip Marlowe. He was, wasn't slapping dames. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he might have slapped a dame once or twice, but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he, he wasn't like, together, later. He wasn't like, come here and kiss me. Tell me you want to kiss me, so we can screw and make sex at each other. Yeah, <laughs> you don't bitch. You don't know what you want. You want me. <laughs> yeah, so that scene sucks. Luckily, uh, I guess they shot a longer, more erotic sex scene. I'm oh, my glad, God. I'm glad Is that. Is that making any of the other 18 cuts in the no, movie? No, I'm glad it's not in there. Because there's not anything sexy about the lead up to it. No. Man, kind of like, oh, I don't think I like Deckard anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he just really seems like a piece of shit. Uh, then we cut back to Chris, and she's hanging out with J.S. Sebastian. He's got Methuselah Syndrome, accelerated decrepitude, as Chris calls it. And just I, like oh, Roy's a little here. Little. Roy shows up. Yeah. She's like, hi, Roy. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I really like this scene. Um, my note here says, whoops, because I definitely stopped taking notes for like 20 <laughs> minutes. But I really like the scene where Roy and Prince are like hanging out with him because it's so like ominous and threatening, but yeah. they're not like really threatening him. It's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of trying to appeal to his... Sympathies or his empathy? Yeah, like, we're like you. Yeah. Well, cause you you could tell he's like interested in replicants, like he thinks it's cool. Yeah. He's like, show me a trick slave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she does a backflip. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool, I guess. It's like, oh man, humans aren't allowed to do backflips anymore. <laughs> the Susanoo syndrome doesn't give me that ability. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. The, uh Roy. Uh, so Sebastian's playing chess with Tyrell. we have been playing the game for a while. And I've only been in months. Yeah, Roy figures it out real quick. He's like, oh, I'll just do this. entirely. our length shit. Roy's the shit. <laughs> I'm Rutger Hauer. From the Netherlands. Yeah, they just really intimidate the shit out of him, but also at the same time are like ingratiating themselves with him. It's very, very interesting. Really well acted by Daryl Hannah, Rutger Hauer, and this man who I forgot to write his name down. Sorry, okay. this guy. He's another guy that you've seen in other shit. And yeah, he, he does some good parts in there. Like, I feel like he was in, uh, What's that TV show that was, like, in the north? Northern Exposure? Oh. I feel like he's in it. Shit. Mommy's watching that show. Mm-hmm. You might be right. I just remember his voice. I'm going to look. Like, oh. I'm going to go back and look. I think you're right. Yeah. But, yeah, that guy. So, this is a really good scene. I'm loving it. Um, Fucking, they're going to go kill Tyrell. And, yeah, this, I still wasn't keeping notes because I was like, <laughs> man, look at that goddamn pyramid miniature. <laughs> And the sound all i going I'm like, man, this is a good fucking movie. <laughs> uh, that's the thing about Blade Runner is um I could definitely see when it came out people being like it's too slow, not anything's happening, but I uh really like movies that are like have this meditative pace where a lot of times you are just like looking at lights and pictures and their sound. You know, there. it's this will be a weird um uh comparison but it actually remain reminded me a little bit of my neighbor Totoro. Yeah? With because the, they do a lot of uh just, man really the, my neighbor Totoro nothing happens in that fucking movie. No, it's just it's just a pace of everyday life. Uh-huh. It's a slice of life. But there's like, the you know, the shots of like the meadows and shit mm-hmm. remind me of that. It's the establishing. Um yeah, no I like movies like that where it's just like, look how cool this looks here we'll throw some cool sounds in too. Sometimes it'll Pretty sounds so and you're like, wow. Like I just get memorized, mesmerized by this movie. Same thing with 2049. Um, I don't know. Like even I like Upstream Color, which is a weird movie that a lot of people don't like because there's like no dialogue. The story's like barely explained in it. If you pay attention, you do know what's going on. But yeah, sometimes like fucking, I don't care. I don't, dialogue. Like I don't give a fuck. This is visual storytelling. Like just show me shit. <laughs> see if I figure it out. Just make it look cool and sound great. Yes, man, they're in the elevator. Um, it stops. Because, you know, like you can't just let anyone up here to talk to Tyrell. Mm, yeah. What we, is it? To do my job. Go some some test move. Six. I don't know. Yeah. Queen okay. seven. But, uh, yeah, so he's like, oh, a little brainstorm, huh? Let's see what this sucker does. <laughs> he beats him. He's like, shit, we got to talk about this. You better come up. And he does. Um, he's like, I bought a friend. He's like, hey, check it out. It's fucking that replicant that wants to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Tyrell immediately knows who he is. Well, yep. He doesn't know specifically who he is, but he's like, oh, okay. I'm surprised you didn't come here sooner. Yeah. Um, this, um, it's at this point in the movie that I got, like, a, like a Star Trek Wrath of Khan vibe. Like, Roy is kind of like Khan. You know, he's a genetically modified being that uh, is designed for war. Um, but um, wants to live, his people to live a different life. Oh, so you're saying Star Trek copied Blade Runner? No, I'm saying that Blade Runner copied Star Trek. I think Rathcon comes out after Blade Runner. Well, I mean, Star Trek was a nineteen sixty show and Khan appeared in that, in like episode 20. What? I thought he didn't show up until Rathcon. Rathcon is a sequel to the episode from the Star Trek TV show. Oh my god. Star Trek's so dumb there. <laughs> Looker Howard wasn't in Star Trek. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but I bet the set didn't look as dope as Tyrell's apartment. I mean, have you seen the Star Trek TV show? I'm sure as shit didn't. It's <laughs> Yeah. All the sets in this movie are great It lit so well. I mean, really, Scott was a bitch about the lighting. And all the like lighting crew complained about him on stuff. But it worked out. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you gotta be a bitch. I still don't really have any notes for what's going on here. <laughs> but luckily, I do... Remember this film. Well, I mean, there's a the great brain. line in the theatrical release that didn't make it in the final cut. Whoa. I want more lifespan, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's the theatrical release? Yeah, fucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you know, Father works way better than the story, but that's a great line. Oh. Okay, so, um, it's the way they film that scene is so it can be interpreted either way. And they have one version is used for TV. Oh, my right. version is used for. Well, with the actual cut, it seems very clear it says fucker. I feel like maybe, hmm, it might be the same line read, but you just interpret it differently. No, because I, I specifically uh, went back and listened, or when I watched the actual cut, I went back and replayed it like two oh. times. Well, alright, well, the father line is better, I think. Yeah, I fucker. mean, because it does, it does, I mean, the delivery the delivery from like the fucker, you've been able to just interpret it as either further or, father or fucker. hmm but I like it better to be clearly father. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because Roy doesn't seem like... This is really off topic. Because, um, the uh, Johnny hard. Cash version of Hurt. Mm-hmm. When he's like, my empire of dirt instead of my empire of shit. I yeah. like that line a lot better. Uh-huh. empire of dirt. Yeah. Well, it's I the same thing. I don't, yeah, but I can't... Johnny Cash can singing shit in a song. Like, whatever. saying I don't... Generally care what anyone says in a song but I can't imagine Johnny Cash going my own bar or, or shoot. shoot. Yeah, <laughs> like not only that but even the, the Trent Reznor version I don't I don't, I don't pretty like Trent Reznor yeah, I mean, Well it, it, his soundtrack works cool he seems like an interesting guy I don't think Nine Inch Nails ever really had very good songs and I even kind of like some industrial music so I don't know I'm pretty sure you had some Nine Inch Nails uh, albums Yeah I tried to get into it when I was probably like 14 or something. I don't remember that but I was, like, more into just straight-up punk at the time. It's like, man, this shit doesn't slap. <laughs> <laughs> They're not yelling about fucking Nicaragua and con- shit. I have con notes here, because that's what I And then, uh... Oh, he's the- going to swoosh his head. Well, I mean, first they go back and forth. Like, Roy's like, well, what about this? And the doctor's like, nope, I tried that. It doesn't work. Oh, about, yeah, extending his life. Extending his lifetime. And then, uh, Roy just gets fed up. He's like, well, you know what? Fuck it then, you dick. He's like, let me kiss you. This is, this is our goodbye kiss. Mm-hmm. This goodbye. is a kiss of death. Yeah. Goodbye, father. Mm-hmm. And he smooshes his head. He does the thing that Leon tried to do to Deckard. Mm-hmm. They originally had a prop head, but um, it was just like Rucker Howard, like, he's like, nah, you just can't do it right. Let me use his actual head. <laughs> yeah, they installed, like, little tubes, tubes behind his ears that would, like, leak blood out. And he just kind of, you know. <laughs> Squishes, that guy so I <laughs> Yeah and Rucker Hauer yeah. um, We also learned that uh, JF uh, Not the brightest bull Because I would have snuck out As soon as Rucker Hauer's Attention was on the doctor He would have mm-hmm. turned around And was like I'm sorry Sebastian the- Where the fuck did he go Yeah I I'm also don't understand Why Roy kills Sebastian Anyways I think he's just I don't understand Why he kills Sebastian But then spares Deckard At the end Um, we, we I have a the theory On why he's Starts Deckard at the end. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, but I way also way, don't kill. Why did you kill Sebastian? Yeah, he helps you guys. He's, I mean, he, as long as he's gonna do anything. Also, you know you're gonna die in like two days, so. Yeah, it's over, man. Yeah. He's but not, I, we'll get to that when he starts. I'm sorry, Sebastian. Yeah. Um, I guess he's apologetic at least. Yeah. Uh, so back to Deckard. He's chilling in his car. Um. He hears that oh we this guy Sebastian was killed along with Tyrell, found his body too and you're like how the fuck he kills Sebastian I don't get it and then the cops roll up and like hey what are you doing and he's like I'm working what are John you doing <laughs> I'm working what are you doing just like a fucking cop yeah Real and he's like I'm Blade Runner blah, blah blah this and they're like oh okay sorry sir don't arrest me he calls up uh J. S. Sebastian first Answers and he's like, Hey, I'm his friend Eddie. And mm-hmm. She All hangs extreme. up because she's like, You ain't got no goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> you already told me that. He showed me his dwarves. Well, no, I think she's like, Oh shit, a friend. <laughs> well, no, I think she realizes like it's like. No, I think, I mean, either way, I guess it doesn't matter because either well, the reactions are the same whether she thinks yeah, someone's on to them not. or it's like, Oh man, one of his friends is calling. I think she knows someone's on to him though because she immediately hangs up and gets ready for a surprise attack. Yes, mm-hmm. so. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why the lines in there earlier. He's like, no, I don't really have any friends. I just made my own friends. He's like, was sh- okay, man. But I don't know, also the way she says I'm an old friend. It's like, you never know. The kid had, a kid, had yeah. friends that with you. That's true, but uh, Decker's like, well, I guess I'll just go there. Mm-hmm. I got the address. I'll check it out. Well, you now he's like, oh, there's fucking someone there that shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's like, eh, that's one of the rough ones. I'm going <a> to shoot her ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. so he does, uh, he first sees the dwarfs. That fucking dwarf bumps into the doorway I'm again. telling you, they're programming that shit. Because it's cute? it's, it's cute. They're toys! i yeah, you a toy. I guess. I guess, I guess. Um, he's like, man, this place is fucking weird. He's walking through a room full of other toys. Some of them are sexy lady toys, so... <laughs> <laughs> e- 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 but one of those sexy lady toys is actually Daryl Hannah. And she surprised attacks him from Splash? Mm-hmm. From Blade Runner. Oh. Priss. And that's when you learn that Priss is like a crazy ninja gymnastic yeah, sex fighter. fucking great at Jim Gymkata. She's doing gymkata all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, like, is crushing her head, his head with his thighs, spins him around, like... She has him. His, pulling on his nose and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, alright, I'm gonna like, go of okay, him real quick I'm gonna, like, do some gymnastic moves at him. Yeah, she wanted to do, like, another, like, cool... Gymnata attack. <laughs> he just shoots her, and man, her death is crazy. Oh, I She's flailing everywhere. So like, uh, I don't think that scene goes on as long in the theatrical release. Yeah, well, he like shoots her some more to stop her. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't handle this. <laughs> it's like Silent Hill shit. He's like, oh no, this is too much. The uh, did the uh, Billy the the day the Coen Brothers, they uh, pay homage to this scene a little bit? Because the scene where Julianne Moore first appears in Big little Oh, she's bird. like flying around? Yeah, and doesn't she latch onto Little Lebowski's neck with her thighs like this? No. It's so awesome I've seen it. So I no, can't she just like that. kind of scares him. I uh, think that scene is a reference to something else. Okay. But it's a pretty good scene. Big Lebowski's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Pris is dead. Um, Yeah, like I said, here's a scene where like, oh, you got to make sure you can see Daryl Hannah's nipples in this weird unitard she's wearing. Make sure the uh, crotch comes up, like, real high on her unitard. Like, I don't, like, usually only think of Daryl Hannah, like, fucking Kill Bill. I just and, think of her whistling in Kill Bill. Yeah. Now. That's all I think about. And she's still very beautiful in Kill Bill, but there's, mm-hmm. like, she's cast really well in this. Because she, like, plays innocent really well, but mm-hmm. then also, like, really threatening. And, and uh, Daryl and Hannah was really good in this movie. I wish she wasn't exploited so much, but she's... Also, like, only, like, 18 or 19 in this movie, and, like, I don't know, I'm sure she's getting pushed around and stuff. Or, I don't know, maybe she's into it. She, like, fucking broke her elbow in one scene and was like, Oof, you gotta do what you gotta do. Didn't she uh, live in a tent for, like, a year with Jonathan Kennedy Jr.? Did she? I'm pretty sure she did. Man, Jonathan Jr. had a good life. Well, I mean, not so great. His dad died when he was pretty young. Yeah, and he died when he was pretty young, but he had a nice, short, good life living in tents. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not, his life wasn't that great. <laughs> Sorry, JFK Jr. Yeah, so fucking Roy comes home and he's like, Oh shit. My baby girl, they gotta they gotta do oh, No no. Kiss up. those dead lips. Well her tongue's out a little bit. Yeah. And no. she's like, I'm gonna die with my tongue exposed a little bit so I can get that last kiss. You think that's like super gross? Uh, the way he does it, yes. He's a little too sexual. Yeah. It's not loving, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? it's yeah. not affectionate in the way i would expect yeah yeah i oh, don't know it doesn't bother me too much i feel like that scene's supposed to be like somewhat unsettling but i'm like nah it's a high stress situation like but i could see myself being like oh man bye forever Just give me a little quick tongue kiss that's what i get yeah, it's like just know. not it's too carnal i guess i expect more love and affection in that moment but yeah well he does me. come back and does like more yeah yeah more, It's more affectionate, but then still also a little bit, like, kind of, like, primitive. Yeah, well, I guess the other thing, too, is, like, he's a rough counselor, only been alive for four years, so maybe I should ma- manage my expectations. Yeah. Also, even when he comes back and does the other thing, I'm like, yeah, I might do that, too. You're Weird man. Well, the, I mean, based on the situation he's in, like, life or death, like, the stress of the situation, like, I just feel like, yeah, you know what, fuck it. I'll just rub her blood on my face, and I'm going to kill Decker. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm kind of weird, so. I do like that macabre shit. Um, Yeah, but Roy kind of just goes crazy now. He's like, I gotta take off all my clothes and start howling. (laughs) Where did that come from? Well, if you'll notice, uh, a lot of the all the replicants in the movie have some animal theme to them. Like, Chris is like a raccoon, Zora's snake, obviously. Mm -hmm. Turtle man. Uh, Maybe that's why they cast that guy. Oh, because he looked like a turtle. Yeah, and then he's like, fuck this, I'm a wolf now. Oof, oof, oof. He does look pretty intense, like, running around in the dark in his underwear, like, just popping up, being like, I, I do walls Decker. and shit. Yeah, he punches through the wall and, like, breaks Decker's, like, fingers, and he's like, alright, now try to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> well, then Decker just resounds out his left hand. Well, he also just left hands him right away and shoots soft part of his ear. But, uh, yeah, Roy's too fast. He fucking dodges bullets and shit. Uh, Decker just starts running away. He's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, <laughs> Um, he, he crawls through, he, he through that hole in the roof. Well, first he hits him with a pipe. Yeah. And <laughs> fucking Roy's like, that's not fair. Well, I mean, first of all... He says using a gun is not very sporting, too. Yeah. yeah, but it's all fair, man. You're a fucking replicant, that's it's like four times as strong as him. You're lucky all he had was a pipe. Mm-hmm. I don't want to die. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Did you see? You just pushed a man's eyes through the back of his head. Well, it's uh, when Deckard's like in the bathroom, like... Oh shit, God damn it. he just pops his head through a <laughs> yeah. like, You can tell um he's starting, like, his systems are starting to fail at that point because he's saying weird shit. He's, yeah. Uh, he's not all there, he's sweating weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything. stuff he's saying kind of makes sense, but it's like, no, not really. He has to a fever dream. And then, yeah, he uh, his hand stops working and he's like, no, not right now. And he's biting it. And he's like, <laughs> I know how to do this, the stigmata. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't really get the mechanics of. Like, his hand's like, Permanently cramping up, like getting rigor mortis, and so he just pushes the nail tendons. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's like at least, is There's some weird symbolism in this scene, yeah, with really very Jesus y stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool, man. He's just fucking running around, Rutger Howard looking good and scary. Like, if he was chasing me around, I'd probably be like, I don't know, we'll see how this goes. But I think it might be bigger than Rucker Howard, anyway. Plus he's quite old now. You probably got it. Well, I mean, like him, this exact scenario oh. playing out would be like, uh, eh, I don't know, and him not being a replicant and just being Rucker Howard in his prime, be like I would probably take him. Um, I did not like how wet and dirty everything was in the scene. I mean, I like it for the scene, but I was just imagine myself in a situation. I'm like, oh man, he's Rucker Howard's feet are getting so dirty, like that I mean, kid's, this... like rolling around in this garbage. <laughs> As, like, the actor or as, like, the character? Because as a character, I'm in mean, like, yeah, it's fucking gross. But at this point, I'm just trying not to get my eyes pushed to the back of my head. But yeah, well, I can't hear. a little bit the actor and a little bit just, like, the character, too. Like, I'm sure in the moment, you know, I couldn't care. But, but I, afterwards, you'd be like, Fuck. yeah, Yeah, is me afterwards being like, oh, my God, it's so dirty, my coat. Oh, my coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my coat. I saw all my teeth. My coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, did I live oh my coat. oh uh yeah but Roy's not really beating him up too much he's just kind of chasing and playing with him yeah. uh decker tries to do a big jump he's right naked. yep in between two buildings uh yeah apparently um Harrison Ford's stunt double hurt himself doing that yeah, scene. he like his separated his shoulder but he still is able to hang on that's the shot that he used. And then, um, because of an impending like strike, uh, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to film the stunt double for Rucker Howard to do it the next day, so what they did is they just moved the gap a little bit closer together, and Rucker Howard just did it himself. <laughs> he was like, nah, just tighten it up, I'll do it. And he's like, yeah, no problem, Rucker Howard. No! <laughs> and that's how Rucker Howard died. <laughs> nah, he's fine. He has a dub for some reason, though. Yeah, where did that come from? He just picked it up. He's like, oh, I found a dove on the mm. roof, and he's just holding it like by the tail and legs and shit too. So like, it's a guy. I watched the movie twice. So we, uh, I still, the second time I'm like, all right, I'm gonna see where this dove come from. But I don't know, magic dove. <laughs> he's a magician. Yeah. So same thing. Deckard's fallen, and he's like, yeah, this is what it's like to fear. Like, yeah, I know, know what fear's like. I'm a man. Like, like human beings are full of fear. Yeah, I'm a um, prey animal. I'm familiar. So. Uh, but Deckard's about to fall, and wow, Roy saves him. Why? Why would he do this thing? Why? Because his body is wow. going crazy. Why? Wow. He's also got. Oh, he lifts sp- them up and he gives uh, a speech about memories? Yeah. Also, a lot of it's improvised by Rutger Howard. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I my, my notes I wrote Memories are a Funny Thing, Roy. Next time, write a book. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rutger Howard did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Not Rutger Howard though. Oh, Roy. Roy. I mean, I'm, <laughs> some of the shit he says is pretty cool. I'm. Yeah, he's like, interesting. I, it's probably because he's only four years old, but this is the kind of shit all humans have to deal with. Like, yeah, your memories are not going to live past you. Well, maybe to like a certain extent couple, your, generations. couple generations at best. Yeah, unless you're like George Washington or Genghis Khan, you're not really going to be remembered. Nah, and you, I will be though because of this podcast. Obviously, we're going to be very, yeah. famous, very famous people. Yeah, everyone remember me. Yeah. Man, not me. I'll be like, there was Kyle McDonald <laughs> and his brother, uh, Steve, I think. <laughs> Steve McDonald. That sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, Steve McDonald. Steve I man. was talking to court the other day. I'm like, you never realized that if my family never wanted to get into politics, there's a chance you'd be talking to Sean O'Shaughnessy right now. <laughs> yeah. Sean O'Shaughnessy. <or> I <laughs> guess your name probably wouldn't be Sean if yeah, I I like to think in some weird alternate. You know, there's Sean it's, <laughs> it's me, Sean O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> Jameson Patrick O'Shaughnessy. There's like a not a more Irish name than that. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Thomas O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. The other son. That's pretty Irish. Um. Yeah, so he says some cool stuff. He's like, man, you ever seen battle cruisers getting all blown up? Yeah, like those are cool things. Like, So you should have written a book. Yeah. Well, I should have gone been back to Earth and. That's, right a, right that's a totally football. different movie about a replicant and trying to write a book before yeah, he does. Yeah, it'll be Blade Runner 2051. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that's the movie I want to recommend. Really yeah. Uh. So I think he saves uh Deckard just because he realizes, oh, this is it. Yeah, that's um, kind of my thing too. Like he, he has like a end of life moment. Yeah, he's just like, you know what? None of it matters. Why would I kill this guy? I shouldn't even bother killing Tyrell or Sebastian. Yeah, I feel better about Sebastian right now. Yeah, I think he's just like, nah, it didn't matter. i what does matter is that, you know, at least I got to live, I had these memories, um, shouldn't have done all that terrible shit for nothing, so... He kind of has that moment with his, with, uh, Dr. Tyrell, too, he's like, I've done so much yeah. horrible things, but wonderful! <laughs> oh, nothing, the god of genetics, genetic modification, what i into <laughs> yeah. genetic modified heaven for, right? like, let me do one more horrible thing, right. except for, um, I don't like... Tyrell, they don't show anything about him that specifically makes him straight up evil Oh no, he's a he's a fucking evil. Yeah, dude. I'm like, yeah, you can kill him, I don't care. Get that guy. Yeah. It's um just, oh yeah, also go more detail when he goes back to purse and like rubs her blood on his face or whatever, like uh, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. But then it's also like, I would have done that and been like, Yeah, fucking monster time. I'm <laughs> really good decker now. <laughs> But uh, I think the Pris thing too is part of it. He's just like, ah, you know, I really loved her. She's gone now. And I guess I'll be gone too. And, you know, maybe Decker can just. He can bang a (laughs) replica. We'll bang, okay? Yeah, yeah, so then uh, Roy freezes up. Decker's like, I don't know what the fuck (laughs) just happened, man. I'm so drunk. (laughs) And Edward James almost shows up again out of nowhere. Throws him his gun. That's how he does it. Uh, this is what I'm like. Almost is like a spooky ghost. He's like the ghost of Christmas future. Well, I, I might have feeling is like they're everybody because Sebastian just died. So the cops are like heading over to the apartment to check things out, and that's t- yeah. And he hey, came across his gun. Came he's across like, his hey, gun. Are you all right? <laughs> Looks like everything turned out okay. Oh, she's not gonna live forever, but you know <laughs> who does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like too bad she can't. She's not gonna live, but you know who does. And then he's like wink. He <laughs> <laughs> disappears into the fog. Like, what? I was he an alien all along? What's going on? Old gaffin games here. Um, yeah, so he runs home, he's like, Rachel, Rachel, and she's just sleeping. She's trying to get over all the trauma she's experienced lately. (laughs) I mean that's what happens when you fall into like a deep depression, you sleep a lot. Yeah. It's great. No, (laughs) it's (laughs) not. Um yeah I don't know that I've ever been had the kind of experience to, to go through what Rachel, uh, the kind of depression Rachel must be in right now. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. I just tell her. Say you want to make sex with me. Yeah, like, hey, do you love and trust me? And she's like, I don't know. I've only known you like a week, but whatever, I guess. And my entire world's I don't work. think <laughs> I've ever loved and trusted is disappearing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, sure, I guess. I don't have any other options, so, okay. And they're like, all right, let's get out of here. We get on the elevator. Doors close, and fuck yeah, big synth sounds. Yeah, and then what happens is we get some aerial photos, and there's a car no, ride, no, no, and no. then Decker's like, but the one thing that Gaff didn't know is that, and this is what Tyrell told me, although no one else in the audience heard it, and I specifically said I didn't know uh, these items when Rachel asked me about them earlier, but as the secret conversation that wasn't on <laughs> camera shows, uh, Dr. Tyrell says that, that uh, Rachel here is special, but she has no end date. <sighs> also these uh, aerial scenes were shot by Stanley Kubrick for The Shining yeah it's leftover footage from The Shining <laughs> cause uh they wanted, they wanted to have a happy ending or happier ending I think the ending in the final cuts happy enough it's that's like, perfect what it's, will happen. it's the kind of ending you need in a uh, 1940s noir detective story so yeah, I mean, there presumably you go they're like whatever they're gonna go to Alaska or some shit yeah you know, like, whatever, it'll be fine. It's and exactly then, the Yiddish policeman big media. synth score. And I was like, hell yeah. Big synth score. Fucking perfect. Good enough. Uh, so, what do you think? Uh, he's a replica? is replica? Pretending I mean, that 40, 2049 doesn't exist? I don't know. How do you do that? I'm your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess as the movie... With the information presented in the final cut, maybe. Yeah. It's good questions there, but there's not enough information to say one or the other. Deckard certainly doesn't show, like, the extra strength and agility. Um, Yeah, he's just a really shitty replicant. Yeah, he could be a really shitty replicant, I guess. The other thing, too, is he clearly has a lot more memories implanted than even, like, Rachel does. uh, Because he's a better replicant than, you know, Rachel or Roy, if he is a replicant. Mm -hmm. And the other question, too, is are are all the Blade Runner replicants? They're just out there killing their own kind? Yeah, yeah, that's how I... And if I was going to write... Well, I mean, if I I was was actually going to hire someone to... Hunt down replicants, I'd probably design a, a replicant. That's deck what I'm saying. Replicants. If I wrote, that would be my sequel to Blade Runner 2049, you yeah. find out all the Blade Runners replicants. Well, I mean, uh, I guess I could watch the movie tonight and find out that's exactly what it is, but I mean it's not a big plot point. You'll know right in the beginning, like, yeah, he's uh Gosling is a replicant. No, I know, yeah. no. And most of the yeah, the Blade Runners are replicants now. Damn. Fucking good. How good am I? Yeah, no, I like that about twenty forty nine too, where it's just immediately like, no, nah, that's not what this movie's gonna be about. He's the replicant. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I don't think yeah. Uh, so that's the, it's been a continuous debate about Blade Runner. Only actually fucking matters one way or the other. Yeah, it's not important to the story. I don't think he is a replicant. It just, it doesn't, like, nah, I don't think so. The only, the two parts in favor are, like, the eyes and the, the scene. The, the unicorn stuff, original, yeah. The unicorn stuff. Like, how does, why does Gaff leave a unicorn? Yeah, why does he know about How it? does he seem to know, you know. I like just Decker's attribute this like, uh, Gaff is, he's a supernatural being. No one ever even really talks to him. He's just, like, there. Well, I mean, the only person that talks to him is Deckard, right? Yeah, even when he's directly. in the office with the chief and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, no one talks to him directly. Yeah, but then he the chief acknowledges that he was brought in. But there was another cop there besides um, Gaff, right? I don't know. There's, like, uh, this is the first time I noticed it watching the movie, but, like, there's something, like, odd about James uh, almost character. Like, I so actually, what? when I very first watched it in a hotel room as a kid, I'm like, man, is Gaff a replicant? The entire time, I'm like, yeah. this dude's a fucking replicant. There's something about him where it's like, why? Because, fucking... I mean, he just appears and disappears. He. No one talks to him, he's just kinda of there. Like I don't know. And I guess the, the the restaurant manager talks to the rest of the uh the chef in the very beginning. Yeah, he like um, what the he end. says, yeah. You know, I, I don't, don't tell him interaction like, he has. Yeah. I don't know, I think he's just uh he must be some sort of a lesser god or something. <laughs> he's the Tom bombadil player right yeah. there. No regular man I'm dressed like <laughs> sharp. <laughs> His facial hair too, like perfectly manicured. Lots well, when you're a street pimp yeah. Mm. He's, he's even got like a boutonniere on all the time <laughs> god damn what a dude what other important questions do we need to ask ourselves about this movie nothing really Um, watch Is 2049 it? instead no the final cut's really good oh uh, yeah I mean okay uh, watch final cut sorry Ridley really, Scott that you think you just made entertainment or whatever but I do think there's a, quite a bit of artistic merit to this film mm-hmm. It's not anything groundbreaking looking back now, philosophically, or emotionally, but we fucking, some of those shots, like, you like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it also, add, it does ask some interesting questions about, you know, life and memories and what it means to be a, a person and to be mm-hmm. alive and to be value or worthwhile, right? Yeah, but, but like you said, those are questions that you most people are going to face, like, in their late teens. Right. You know, anyways. I mean, that's, uh... Is it an actual Ernest Hemingway line, or is it just from the Woody Allen movie that I'm thinking of? Where he's like, all writing is about death. Well, that sounds like something Hemingway would actually say, Right, but at the same time, is it, is it just from the line of the, the Woody Allen movie? Here's uh, a <clears throat> great Hemingway quote. He said, United States military... Give me a jeep and some young boys were going to the western front. <laughs> and then he did. <laughs> uh, Papa Hemingway. I can talk about Hemingway all day. This podcast is now about Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> What's your favorite Ernest Hemingway book? Mine is The Sun Also Rises. Oh, uh, I was going to say... I was going to say the Sun Also Rises, too. But uh, what, what, what am I thinking of? I actually like his short stories better than his actual his novels. Like The Old Man in the Sea? Well, that's not, that's a novel. It's a novella? but yeah, I, mean, I mean like it's true short stories, the ones that actually fit in a collection of short Oh, stories. like uh, Men Against Women, that yeah. collection? Yeah, I guess that's pretty cool. Um, I like when he writes about bullfighting. The Movable Feast, which I guess technically isn't, mm-hmm. I really enjoy, but that's, that's more autobiographical. You know, uh, Jake in The Sun Also Rises, he, his dick got blown off. Yeah. Well, I mean, not necessarily that, but he wasn't able to... Yeah, his dick don't work anymore because of the uh, war. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. That's um what my sexuality is, is Ernest Hemingway's understanding of gender politics. I identify as Hemingway's understanding of gender politics. Man, what movie are we watching next? I think we need to do some wider affair. A lighter fare? Um, I, just I was thinking this. I was thinking we could watch Oh man, I knew for sure last night what I wanted to watch. What was it? Uh should have wrote it down, that's what I do. Yeah, I should have. Usually I just remember stuff though when we yeah, Sometimes that's I mean, the problem is I've gotten older. Things I tell myself, oh, I'll just remember. Oh, it's really funny. I don't remember. I don't know if it's actually me getting older or if it's just that as a kid I had less to remember. I actually think it's that. Oh, oh, Life Force. Life Force? Yeah, about Space Vampire. <laughs> oh we got it. Yeah, uh, it'll be lighter. This will be one that's like fun to watch because of how goofy it is. <laughs> the one I was going to suggest is Beastmaster, but I guess we'll Oh, shit. We'll do that next. Alright, cool. Check out the website. com. We're going to be streaming more. Actually, at this, when this comes out, we probably are streaming more. Yeah, we'll probably be good. This is a, Yeah, this is also a couple days before New Year's, so hopefully 2019 is going good for everyone. Hopefully it doesn't quite look like the opening of Blade Runner. But yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Do we have a new president at this point? Yeah. Since this will be out in like three weeks. Probably not. We'll see. But thanks for listening. This has been Space Force. Um, fuck the alt-right you know donate or buy our shit i don't know do something do something do something crazy